Chauffeurs were at the wheels of their limousines when the first group of ministers appeared behind the plate glass. The usher opened the doors, and the members of the cabinet straggled down the steps, exchanging a few last-minute wishes for a restful weekend. In order of precedence, the sedans eased up to the base of the steps. The usher opened the rear door with a bow, the ministers climbed into their respective cars, and were driven away past the salutes of the Garde Républicaine and out into Faubourg Saint-Honoré. Within ten minutes, they were gone. Two long black DS-19 Citroëns remained in the yard, and each slowly cruised to the base of the steps. The first, flying the pennant of the President of the French Republic, was driven by François Malroux, a police driver from the training and headquarters camp of the Gendarmerie Nationale at Satori. His silent temperament had kept him apart from the joking of the ministerial drivers in the courtyard. His ice-cold nerves and ability to drive fast and safely kept him de Gaulle's personal driver. Apart from Maru, the car was empty. Behind it, the second DS-19 was also driven by a gendarme from Satori. At 7.45, another group appeared behind the glass doors, and again the men on the gravel stiffened to attention. Dressed in his habitual double-breasted charcoal-grey suit and dark tie, Charles de Gaulle appeared behind the glass. With old-world courtesy, he first ushered Madame Yvonne de Gaulle through the doors, then took her arm to guide her down the steps to the waiting Citroën. They parted at the car, and the President's wife climbed into the rear seat of the front vehicle on the left-hand side. The General got in behind her from the right. Their son-in-law, Colonel Alain de Wasser, then Chief of Staff of the Armoured and Cavalry Units of the French Army, checked that both rear doors were safely shut, then took his place in the front beside Maru. In the second car, two others from the group of functionaries who had accompanied the presidential couple down the steps took their seats. Henri Joudet, the hulking bodyguard of the day, a cabal from Algeria, took the front seat beside the driver eased the heavy revolver under his armpit, and slumped back. From then on, his eyes would flicker incessantly, not over the car in front, but over the pavements and street corners as they flashed past. After a last word to one of the duty security men to be left behind, the second man got into the back alone. He was Commissaire Jean Ducre, chief of the Presidential Security Corps. From beside the West Wall, Two white-helmeted motorcyclists gunned their engines into life and rode slowly out of the shadows towards the gate. Before the entrance, they stopped ten feet apart and glanced back. Maru pulled the first Citroen away from the steps, swung towards the gate and drew up behind the motorcycle outriders. The second car followed. It was 7.50 p.m. Again the iron grille swung open and the small cortege swept past the ramrod guards into the Faubourg Saint-Honoré and from there into the Avenue de Marigny. From under the chestnut trees, a young man in a white crash helmet astride a scooter watched the cortege pass, then slid away from the curb and followed. Traffic was normal for an August weekend, and no advance warning of the President's departure had been given. Only the whine of the motorcycle's sirens told traffic cops on duty of the approach of the convoy, and they had to wave and whistle frantically to get the traffic stopped in time. 
The convoy picked up speed in the tree-darkened avenue and erupted into the sunlit Place Clemenceau, heading straight across towards the Pont Alexandre Troisième. Riding in the slipstream of the official cars, the scooterist had little difficulty in following. After the bridge, Moreau followed the motorcyclists into the Avenue General Galigny, and thence into the broad Boulevard des Invalides. The scooterist at this point had his answer, the route de Gaulle's convoy would take out of Paris. At the junction of the Boulevard des Invalides and the Rue de Varennes, he eased back the screaming throttle and swerved towards a corner café. Inside, taking a small metal token from his pocket, he strode to the back of the café where the telephone was situated and placed a local call. Lieutenant Colonel Jean-Marie Bastien Thierry waited in the suburb of Meudon. He was married with three children and he worked in the air ministry behind the conventional facade.